Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. I've been in Luke for the last few weeks, and on this final Sunday of the season, I want to preach. Uh, I want to preach and draw at least the opening text from Luke as well, but I want to jump 20 chapters forward into the 22nd chapter, and I want to turn your attention to verse 47. And I'm sorry for the weightiness of the text. Um, And yet, I've tried to ask the Lord what to speak upon. In fact, I told the Lord what I wanted to speak about. Yeah, that's how I felt. Verse 47. And while he yet spake, behold a multitude... And he that was called Judas, one of the twelve. That's why you cannot, listen, you cannot get overwhelmed when people close to you choose not to follow Christ. You are not their Savior. You do your part, you live faithful. But don't you let the enemy of your soul allow condemnation to make you feel like it's your fault. Jesus was the Savior, is the Savior, and yet even he loses one. And not not a distant follower, Brother Kilman, one that was close enough to know his breath. One that knew what it meant to feel his touch. He was one of the twelve. He went before them, drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Somebody say, that's terrible. Turn backwards in your Bible to Matthew verse 27, or chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. We're going to read verses 1 through 7, and then I'll let you be seated. When, When the morning was come, There's always a next day. (laughs) After you've made a giant mistake, I've lost track of the number of people that told me I felt different the next day. I wished I could have taken it back. Every now and then, before you make a bad decision today, you better think about tomorrow. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here today so strong. We've got one service. I want us to give everything we've got. One service today. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders 
of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. Repented himself. Brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and to the elders. Saying, I, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And watch their response. This is always hell's response. They said, what is that to us? See thou to that. That's your problem. And he cast down the pieces of silver. Where? In the temple. And he departed. And he does something so, so tragic. He allows condemnation. To grip him in such a way he sees no alternative. He goes and the Bible says he went and he hanged himself. I want to speak. I want to pause. Pause. Listen. That is never the answer. That is never the answer. You go talk to someone. Say, I can't tell my parents. I, I, I can't. They, they would never understand. I can't. You come. You come talk to me. You come talk to your young people. You talk to your youth pastor. They won't condemn you. You talk to suicide is never the answer. Can I say that on December 26th? Our nation has seen so much suicide this month. It's a lie from hell. It's not the answer. He went and he hanged himself and the chief priest. They took the silver pieces and said, it's not lawful for to put them in the treasury. I'd like them to. That's what he's thinking. I'd, I'd like them to be able, I, it'd be great if we could just put them in, but it's not lawful. He acknowledges why. Because it is the price of blood. The Lamb of God, 30 pieces. They took, they took counsel. They began to reason among themselves. And they bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. I, I want to I preach to you from this narrative this morning in a thought that has been weighing on my heart. Um, to try and deliver the best of my ability today that you need to know the return policy. We need to know the return policy. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to, my God. We call on the name of the Lord. I'm asking you to help us here today. Help me, oh God, that I might be your vessel today to preach to these precious people. Speak in this house today. Oh, we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let everyone say amen.
Turn to two or three people around you, give them a smile and tell them you need to know the return policy. <clears throat> After you've told somebody you can be seated today. I was able to find out in an article published by Forbes what I knew to already be the case. Starting today, returns go crazy. Two out of every three, Brother Grover, will return a gift. Not all their gifts. But you know that gift. Thank you, by the way, Brother Clark and Sister Clark for the coloring books after my comment a couple weeks ago. Ten plus percent, about 10.6 percent of all gifts are going to be returned. And it starts today. The return industry is a whopping $428 billion loss. Woo! How many would like to get a tithe of that? <laughs> With many companies never restocking the returned goods, but destroying them, incinerating them, or giving them to shelters. For once it has been owned by someone else, it is typically unprofitable to be given to another. For most people, refurbished is not what they're after. I would dare to claim that if statistics are true, and in fact, two out of three have at least a gift to return, then many of you in here have gifts to return. Some of you don't want to admit it right now, lest they know, and they might still be here on holiday. So I look to my wife. Is she still up here? Do we... <laughs> Do we have any gifts to return? We do, she said so confidently. We do. Gifts that need to be taken back. I, I have this story I've thought about a lot over the last 48 hours. As you begin to give gifts and you begin to receive gifts, you're thinking about the return. And I, I looked it up. It's all, a, all different depending upon the store. Every store typically has its own, Brother John, return policy. For many, it's 30 days. For some, it's 60 days. For some, it's 90 days. For some, it's even 180 days. That's the store. If you're giving a gift to a procrastinator, find the 180 day. And if you're giving a gift to someone who cannot keep up with receipts, go to somewhere like Nordstrom that still has a no receipt necessary return policy. 
For those of you that are Nordstrom Rack people, that is not the same. Which the bulk of us. <laughs> but I can remember this story from when I was younger. I had received something and it was certainly not from Nordstrom. It was not from even Nordstrom Rack. It was not even from Target, as some may say. The ladies got it. The men don't understand what I'm talking about. That's Target. Um, I received this gift, but there was no receipt with it. I'm always questionable about a gift without a receipt anyway. Oh, there's no receipt, or I lost the receipt. You know what that means? You're stuck with this. That's <laughs> what it means. Use it or re-gift it like we talked about. I received it and I asked where it was from because I wasn't going to be able to use it. Where was it? Now, when, when this happened, there was another, there was not just Walmart, but there was Kmart. Is Kmart still? No, right? Yeah. How many remember when Kmart was like thumping? Kmart, yeah. We had a super Kmart. Some of you are like, it was never, never thumping. I, I felt this, the little country boy in me got offended just now. Like, where did you live? Uh, just take it back to Kmart. For my personality, there are few things that are of greater torture, Brother Romine, than waiting in the return line at a store. All these people. You'll always end up in line with people who wore their pajamas to the store. You know what I'm talking about? This was, this was many years ago, and I'm standing there, and I, I can promise you, I went through this scenario multiple times. Just keep it. Just keep it and leave this place. Never come back again. It's not worth it. But I waited and I waited. The only thing Kmart had going for it was you could buy one of those cherry. Oh. Yeah, the kind that if you drink too fast, you go. You know what I'm talking about. How many's ever drank the slushy so fast you got a brain freeze? Yeah, I thought I was in decent company right here. Make it through the whole line and finally get to that employee. Now listen, I know a lot of employees today don't want to be there, but no one wanted to be working the return desk. You never got up. I have never had an experience after a long return line when you get up and the person's like, how are you? That's not happening. But Lopez, I finally get, finally get through this line. Oh, I can still smell it and feel it. The experience is, is right there. I find, I was so glad and I handed it across the, across the counter. Do you have a receipt? First question. I do not have a receipt, but I knew even though I did not have the receipt, I could receive store, ah, store credit. 
and this gift was terrible. But I could take this gift, slide it across the counter, and, and this overly kind employee could scan it, figure out the total, and give me a store credit. And I'd played this in my mind the whole time. Every time I thought about walking away, I'd played this in my mind. If you can endure. Is he really wearing? If you can endure. Who did that? If you can endure. And we've all been here. We've all been here. And I slid this across the counter. Do you ever, I don't have a receipt. So you just want store credit? I can't give you cash. That's fine. Store credit will be fine. And they scan it. I am haunted still by these words. Sir, this is, this is not from this store. Are you sure? Y'all was at the wrong mark. So I went and endured the return policy at another store and I got my store credit. Thank God for Walmart. That tells you the class level of the gift I was returning. <laughs> Although it is a, a time for giving, it is a time for returning. Let's face it. It's a time for returning. And I've, I so much wanted to take you today to the wise men. It's, it's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be at the return policy of the wise men when they knew the Lord had given them instruction, not returning to Herod. And I, I bargained with the Lord to allow me to talk about that story. It's, it's much funner. It's more festive. It will preach lighter and it will preach heavier. And the Lord kept saying, if you want to talk about returning, talk to the people about Judas. And we, we, we talked about this, Lord. I need it to be festive. We've been losing people, you know, for three weeks. I feel like I've had to get in the pulpit and talk about our most recent loss and the, and the grief that is. And it seemed like the Lord said, then you better talk about Judas. Because while we sit at the end of another calendar year, we are losing people on a regular basis into the, the reality of eternity. And whether our culture wants to minimize it or not, and whether our philosophy in this world wants to delegitimize the reality of eternity, I must stand as the pastor of this local assembly and tell you eternity is forever. And men and women of God, might I make a clarion call on December 26th that if we are going to do anything, we better make our calling and our election sure that we are ready to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
I know this is heavy for today, but I need everyone that'll hear me to hear me. There is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. There is still a fiery lake of eternal torment where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth and there will be a void of the presence of God. But there is also a heaven. There is an eternal place where there are streets of gold and walls of jasper and gates of pearl. There is a city. There is a new Jerusalem, a place where the lamb is the light thereof. I do not believe that Judas failed to love Christ. Oh, there's no way he loved him. He wasn't a good follower. I know a, I know a lot of people that have genuinely loved God. And for some reason, either they suffered hurt or offense or temptation that seemed greater than they could overcome. And they stumbled and they gave in and they fell. There's a reason that Jesus was able to say, whoever is without sin, let them cast the first stone. Because everybody in this room, whether, now listen, we don't walk around bragging about it. Just a sinner. <laughs> don't do that. We don't relish that we've, what do we celebrate? I've been redeemed. I've been forgiven. I'm not who I was. How many in here, if really, if it had been up to your faults, you would not be here today. We can pick on Judas, but there's a lot of Judas in this room. <gasps> Betrayed. <gasps> Some of us in here have betrayed him for much less. The difference is, by the mercy of God, we made our way back to an altar. By the mercy of God, we made our way back to the altar. And the Lord met us, and he washed away us. But we're only here because of the saving grace of God. Judas began to believe the lie begin to believe what he had conjured up in his own mind. I love Christ, but I could use the silver. And Christ isn't good with money anyway. That's how he had reasoned it in his mind. He's a good leader of a lot of stuff, but he doesn't do well with money. You ever seen how he treated that woman? Let her break that on. He's not great with money. He doesn't seem to even care about it. He'll, he'll find it in a fish's mouth. He's, he's odd with money. And sometimes he'll get to people, not by your lack of love for God or your lack of love for, for, for how you perceive Jesus Christ. It'll be the way that you, you look at a leader. And he'll weasel his way in through a perception and you'll pick out a flaw to justify your action. But here's what I know about Judas. Judas had justified in his mind, I can take the money and it affect no one. 
He had so reasoned it within his mind that he betrayed him with the greeting of a kiss. Brother Kevin, when he walks up and he kisses Christ, Jesus himself calls him out. If you come to betray me with a kiss, have you really tried to utilize affection? Have you really came in and lifted your hands knowing you have no desire but to betray and walk away from me? And they come and they take him because in his mind, he had rationalized and justified, ladies and gentlemen, that somehow I'll betray him, but it will not cost him. Had, had Judas been rational at all, he would have known this will lead to the demise of Christ. But so many, because of this sin, this flesh nature, this, this sin nature, we, we can rationalize the, the outcome won't be that bad. The, 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 the outcome of this, surely it'll be okay. And yet I've talked to so many right after the affair. Right, right after the, the cheating. Right after the stealing. You know how many times I've said... Thanks for sharing that story about your record being a sponge. You know how many, how many prisons and juveniles I've set in where they, they looked at me and said, I just wasn't thinking clear. I wasn't thinking right. There's nothing like the next morning to sober you up. There's nothing like the next morning morning to make you recognize, I wish I had done different. And Judas comes running to the chief priest. No, 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 take this money back. I hear it was the same sound that 24 hours earlier had brought him excitement. That same sound that 24 hours ago had brought him such a mischievous joy was now the nauseating sound in his own hand. What a difference a day makes. He runs up to the chief priest. No, no, no. You've got to take this. I have betrayed innocent blood. And the response is so callous. What has that to do with us? You stupid, stupid boy. He was, Judas was just a young boy. Do your studies, just a young man, just excited. He may have grown up in a home where there was no money. First time he's ever felt this much money in his hand, only to find out the money could never even buy happiness. I'm talking to somebody right now. 24 hours may be all it takes to prove to you that this was not worth cashing everything. I've betrayed innocent blood. Let's just make a switch. Let's just, let's do this. I'll give you the money back and you give Christ back. What's this to do with us? The deal's already been done. And in, in his condemnation, in his condemnation, Judah, he takes off on a depressed stride. My God, I'm reaching for somebody's eternity. Can I preach like this today? Is it okay? I hope it's okay. I, gotta, I might be trying to save your son or your daughter. I might be trying to save you right now. He cannot see. 
One day earlier, he cannot see through his blinding greed. And today, he cannot see through his blinding depression. He could have seen past the greed if he would have looked at Jesus. And he could have seen past the depression if he would have looked at... But I'm going to tell you, you can make an idol out of greed. You can make an idol out of depression. He gets so overwhelmed by his depression. It's all that he can see in one of the most horrific moments of all of the text. We read it and we read it so simply and we read it so compactly. We, we read it as if it is some arbitrary statement or some, some throwaway portion of the text. He went and hanged himself. I wish I could have been on the road. I wish I could have, Brother Quill, and I wish, I wish I could have been on the roadside when Judas came trudging, dragging his sandals through the dirt, leaving marks behind him, tear stains down his face. The disciples will never forgive me for this. I'd have told him, who cares, Judas? Jesus will. They'll talk about me. They'll make fun of me forever. They'll probably call every betrayer for every century to come, Judas. I'll become a, I'll become a byword. I'll become slang. And because he could not see past what he had done, he took his eternity into his own hands. I've got a clarion call from heaven today. If he would have went to Jesus, if he would have said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. Oh, pastor, what are you talking about? How do you know that? Because if he would have just made it long enough to watch Christ on the cross, he would have seen him look over at a thief and say, this day, whoever you are, you cannot go too far to escape the love of Christ. No matter what you've done, you think you've gone too far? I've got news for you. You have not gone too far. There is no return policy on the love of God. He loves you. He loves you. Turn to two or three people and tell them that. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I know he loves my mom. No, no, he loves you. Well, I know he loves my grandparents because they, no, he loves you. He loves you. And I'm gonna tell you something right now. The devil did not purchase you. The devil did not purchase your family. He purchased your family. Acts 20, he purchased you with his own blood, with his blood. 
And so if there's gonna be a return policy, you can't take your life back to the devil and expect the right payout. You gotta come to Jesus and say, forgive me, cleanse me, take my sin. I know I was wrong, but I wanna be right. And the Bible says in 1 John, he is faithful. And he is just. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. So I've come to proclaim on this last Sunday my opportunity here tonight. I've come to proclaim to you hell was not meant for you. So you don't need to plan on going there. Hell was not meant for your family. Hell was not meant for your children. Man, I feel like preaching right now. Hell was not meant for your backslidden child. Hell was not meant for your depressed Stand with me. I'm not even going to preach much longer. I'm going to be done. His return policy with the disciples was go wait to, go wait at Jerusalem. I'm coming back. I'm going to send you a comforter. And then there's going to be a time very soon we are going to see the king. His return policy is extravagant. Extravagant. But everyone in this room, you are guaranteed a return policy too. Yes, you are. Your dust will return. It will. But you will spend eternity somewhere. You will spend eternity somewhere. Let's grab your Bible right there while you're standing. Turn to Romans 6. Brother Fridley, run up here. Grab that microphone right there. Brother Fridley's amazing at construction. Does construction all the time. I want you, come here, come here, come here. I want you to read from my Bible right here. I want you to read verse 19 through 23. Romans 6, 19 through 23. Sorry, they're so highlighted. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Uh -huh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to the iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield ye your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Okay, stop. You yielded your members, servants, servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now. What's the next word? Yield. 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 That means even though he owns you, he asks you to do it. Most of us have heard our whole lives, he's a gentleman. He doesn't force you to. It would not be love. It would not be love if he made you. It's like an ignorant man that would beat his wife, making her say, I love you. Think about it. That's not love, that's foolishness. Right. That's torment. It's not love. Yield your members. Go ahead, read on verse 20. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit have ye then in those things where ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Say that again. The end of those things is what? Death. Say that again. The end of those things? The end of those things is death. Not just your body being put in the ground. Death to the presence 
of God. The greatest torment of hell is not the wailing or the gnashing of teeth. The greatest torment of hell is the outer darkness from the presence of God. Amen. Yes, sir. I don't care how low you have ever felt. You have never been in an actual place beyond the presence of God. That's right. Read verse 22. But now being made free from sin <laughs> and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. I am still a servant. That's right. Just got a new master. Amen. Let me tell you how you know whether or not you're actually a servant. How you feel when the Lord treats you like one. I'm not a servant. You better be. That's right. And just be glad you're not a servant to sin. Amen. Be glad you're not a servant to sin. Yes, sir. But now you're a servant to the Lord. Not my will, but thy will be done. Yes, sir. So what should our fruit be? Have your fruit what? Unto holiness. Holiness and the end. Everlasting. Everlasting. Everlasting life. Choir members, some of y'all know what I'm. There's an old song they used to sing that. Everlasting life. And that's the whole, like, that's the whole bridge. Everlasting. And just keep saying it over and over. Kind of waiting on them to go to a new part until it hits you. Everlasting. Yeah. Ever. Everlasting. When I was a servant of sin, I was headed to death. But now. Are you kidding me? This isn't even, and the choice, this is the most astounding thing of it all. It's your choice. It's my choice. How, let me just talk to you because you can handle this. How dumb would we have to be? Or let me say it this way. How deceit. They're killing each other in our street, the friendly. <laughs> They're going into eternity on a rate like never before. I don't know what else to do.
if you're in this house right now and you have been wrestling with deception, the Prince of Peace is in this house. The Prince of Peace is in this house. I want every hand to lift all over this room. Brother Fridley, with hands lifted, will you read that 23rd verse? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Read it again, Brother Fridley. The wages, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, it's the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ yeah, our yeah, Lord. Yeah, read it again. Read it again. Read it again. For the wages of sin is death. The payment of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's the best gift you could. And this gift is tied to your return policy. Ooh. 